Hey everybody, have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball highly recommend Podbean for getting your podcast out to a larger audience. Podbean has given us the opportunity to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is episode 123 of Screwball, and this week we have a pretty big docket of news, um, ranging from all kinds of stuff, from MLB, from outside of the MLB, MLB deals, uh, big outside of the MLB deals, and just that kind of everything in between. So I guess let's just start and jump right into it, as we usually do, into our news section, and get into some of these uh, hot topics we have. So the number one piece of news I have here this week, as probably on a lot of people's radar, is the Julio Rodriguez deal. So Julio Rodriguez got signed to a long-term extension and a long-term contract with the Seattle Mariners. The initial terms of the deal guarantees 12 years, $210 million, and the deal is beginning next season, which gets Julio Rodriguez through the 2034 season. Uh, From there, it was reported that an extra five-year, $90 million player option is available, which means that Julio Rodriguez can turn this into a 17-year, $300 million deal after this year. And he's, uh, you know, he's a young guy. So this would, even this deal alone, if he took that option, 17 years, he'd be what? He'd be 38 by the time this deal is over and pretty much have the entirety of his career played, you know, depending on how good he is. But, and I believe there's a full no trade, which is probably standard, but for deals as big. So Julio Rodriguez is getting an absolutely monster deal for his age. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not an exorbitant deal that we've never seen before. But you know, um, we'll get into the topic later. But you know, the these young guys getting big deals like this, uh, I think it makes sense. Julio Rodriguez has a lot of talent. He was projected to have a lot of talent. He's coming through with that. Mariners are kind of getting ready to go here, and um, you know, hopefully the you know long term contracts always have a big magnifying glass on them people always analyzing them. So I don't know what you were kind of thinking with, with this, if it took you by surprise or if, it, you know, the money or the years or all of it. Oh yeah. It's just, it is what it is now. So good for him. Good for the Mariners right now. You know, we'll get into our topic later. It's going to be kind of around this, these uh, early contracts. So we'll get into that once we get through some of these other pieces of news. Hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get to that in just a sec, but the second piece of news I have here is uh, regarding the MLB players association. Uh, so they took a step forward trying to unionize the minor league baseball, the MILB. So they tried to unionize the minor league players Sunday night, sending minor leaguers an uh, authorization card, allowing them to vote for an election that can make them MLBPA members. More than 5,000 minor league players are under contract with MLB teams during the season, so that would obviously put them under an MLBPA deal and would give them um, union unionization, kind of the same, uh, similar benefits that MLB players would get what that would entail for minor league players. I'm not sure. I'm sure they would have to work that out, but the fact that they're extending the hand and trying to get them fair pay or fair treatment or, or whatever, you know, kind of put them under the MLB pay umbrella, I think is, is pretty good. I think that the minor league players deserve it. A lot of them uh, that come through are the future of the league. So why not kind of treat your future correctly, you know, and pay, pay them right and, and treat them right. So um, definitely thought that was worth mentioning. That was just kind of, that was just broken not too long ago. So where that goes from there, I don't know, but 
the fact that they're taking steps is important. And number three, the last piece of news I have here is we mentioned this a few weeks ago that this this particular uh, card, this Mickey Mantle card, was going up for auction. Um, and we had mentioned in the past some other auctions, I believe the Honus Wagner card, and all, I think there was another Mickey Mantle card we had talked about in the past. Uh, but this one, a 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle card with a 9.5 grade um, from Greater SGC has sold at auction for a record-shattering $12.6 million dollars. That is the most money anyone has ever paid for any type of sports item, card, or memorabilia. And it is considered, uh, is quoted as being the best condition for a post-World War II piece of sports memorabilia. So whoever had this just... Found it in their attic, believe it or not. Yeah, jackpot. And maybe that's to their benefit that it was just sitting in their attic. It wasn't really exposed to you know, whatever else, who, who knows how it was kept. Maybe it was in a case at 9.5. It, it had to have been in some condition to where it wasn't getting any sort of deterioration, yeah. which is incredible. Yeah. That's uh, it's pretty incredible. I don't even think the 52 card. I don't think that's even his rookie card, to be honest. Why that card is more famous than his rookie card. I'm not sure. Well, I don't know. Yeah. That's incredible. And that's, that's, that's the market sports memorabilia market and the card market even seen in other sports with football, basketball, hockey, baseball, obviously, and then even Pokemon and things like that. This card market through the roof over the last couple of years, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things I have here, Corbin Carroll getting called up from the Dimebacks, one of the top prospects in baseball and for the Dimebacks, so that's something to watch. Um, <clears throat> we had uh, Wainwright mic'd up. I know we, we talked about it. Uh, me, personally, I'm not a huge fan of having them mic'd up during the game. But having him mic'd up pregame, doing his ritual or his routine, I should say, and then being the bullpen, I thought was great. But in-game, I think it's a little – I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah. Right there before the game, doing his routines, talking about his routines in the bullpen, what he does, seeing like, kind of showing how how he does about things, I thought was great. And it's just a learning purpose for other people, players, young players, coaches, kids, things like that, fans. So I thought that was pretty cool. And the other thing I got here is Mets had their old timers day. It was, you know, one of their, one of the biggest things they want to do. Big piece of news, you know, they're having their first old timers day. Essentially, brought back a lot of players, Bartolo Colon, and and some real, you know, fun players. So in this area, I know a lot of Mets fans, you know, kind of liked it. But with that, I thought they did make a massive error during that old timers day, not being retiring Willie Mays' number. No reason for them to retire his number. He played, what, one year? One, I think maybe two seasons I think there. one or two years, yeah. Yeah, there's no reason for that. I don't care how good Willie Mays was for another team. He did nothing for your team. Require having him retire his number. He played there in the 70s, too. It wasn't it was even like... was like 73 and 74. Hmm. It just doesn't make sense. He's a great player, don't get me wrong, but why? What did you... What? Why? Why did you do that? It's like the, the Braves should retire Babe Ruth's number three then. Right, yeah. I, I don't... So, I thought that was just an, an error. I don't know. It didn't make sense. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. It wasn't it was weird. wasn't a big, you know, huge fan. I'm not, not that nothing's against Willie Mays. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, what, what was the, why did you do it? If you can explain why you did it. Right. What, what was the reason? Because he was a good player for another team? Well, then that's really kind of opening the door for everybody to get, you know. You can retire every number. <laughs> yeah. So, it just doesn't make sense. And a number like 24. Kind of, you know, it's pretty premier uh, yeah. number for a team, you know. He didn't even do anything. He won the World Series or, I don't know, he just didn't do anything. Yeah. I don't know, it didn't make sense to me. Anyway, but otherwise, you know, the thing we wanted to get into was the topic, which we brought up with whoever he is, the deal. 
you know, the early contracts. And I think it is good for the players, obviously, but it's good now for the players. It's going to be bad, I think, later for the players. And I think it could really be a big, big, big problem for teams. They keep doing this. Hmm. Reason being, John Singleton. Mm-hmm. Essentially the first one that did this. Mm-hmm. That didn't work out. And he got very little money, but mm-hmm. a long deal. Now you got Julio Rodriguez, who could be up to 18 years. What do you do if he's just it's not good? You know, we've seen guys have a year or two. I don't want to really say Chris Davis, because he didn't come up and right away was real good and they kind of faded off but right but what if he just starts getting hurt the Twiwitzki idea yeah right. what do you do at that point Tatis is a great example mm-hmm. what do oh, you do there yeah perfect example of what could go wrong first year of 14 years what do you what do you do there now you're trapped in there teams are it's tough if they're good players and they continue to play good it's a great deal Every year the market goes up. Every year people it goes up, right? The money, you know, inflation idea, right? Yeah. Every year, you know, the money has to your contract should go up because you know, the price of everything goes up. This is the way how things go. But you know, so in five six years from now, you're going, oh boy, he's making twenty something million dollars. That ain't gonna be quite the same. Mm-hmm. So now you have players. Are they gonna lock out or not lock out? Are they gonna you know uh, hold out? I should say. Yeah. It's not going to come in because, oh, I want more. Well, you sign an 18-year contract or 15-year contract, 12-year contract. Like, no, you're three, four years in. No. Yeah. So now you're going to go back and forth with the teams, which we already have a rocky you know, relationship with some of these owners. So what happens there? Like, are we in a, So could we be in a bad spot? Or, or the players feel like, well, I play out, way outplayed the money I'm getting in this contract. What, you, you're signed for 10 more years. Yeah. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Are you going to hold out for another deal? What are they going to have to do a whole renegotiation of your deal cut it down five years cut it down six years but give you more money I don't know it seems like right now it's good for the players because obviously they can get hurt they can be not good and you're like oh I'm getting paid so it's great for the players it feels like though if they continue to be the player they are or or trend to be the player they can be superstar players you're losing money I think yeah I agree and you can say oh they're backloaded the deal well that means they're losing money now Average-wise, this is the amount of money you're getting. You're still losing money at some point mm. if you become a superstar player. And then the team's just got to worry if the guy just doesn't play good or he gets hurt or things like that. Then you're starting to run into, okay, now i got this guy in the books for 15 years. We don't even want him. Who's taking that contract? Are you going to release him and eat all that money? Yeah. That's not going to be very good. So I feel like you're going to run into a problem. Obviously, we've seen Wanda Franco get it. And obviously, look at the year. You know, he hasn't really done too much. He's been hurt and stuff. Tatis, obviously. We've seen Trout get a longer deal. His was a little bit different because he was a little older at that point. But some of these guys come right up. You know, Michael Harris. Mm-hmm. Michael Harris, I thought, was actually... A little more reasonable. Yeah, you know, seven years, 70 million or so. It's like, all right, well. But it's just... It, it, you could start running into some big problems if these guys don't turn out or they turn into John Singleton or Jesus Montero. Look at the deal Jesus Montero would have got come up with the Yankees. Gary Sanchez. Look at the deal he would have got. Oh, yeah. He would have got 12 years. Yeah, absolutely. After that half a year, he almost won rookie year. A lot of money, too. You know, but then you look at, well, the Red Sox should have done that with Devers. The Yankees could have done that with Judge. Yeah, you could do that. But then you could have done it and you could have been John Singleton. could have been Sanchez. It could have been Chris Davis. It could have been Mark Trumbo is a good one. You know, you start running into these problems. Mm. Oh, what happens if the guy gets hurt and just never comes back? Yeah. 
Or, you know, I'm sure there's things that they can have in the deals and there's, there's things they can apply for as an injury, you know, relief and they get money back. Or in Jose Fernandez's case, you know, he passed away. There's, I'm sure there's things they could do where they get relief and things like that. But I, I don't know. It just seems like it's quite risky to do all the time. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a risk. And it could work out for you, but even if it works out, you could run into the problem of, well, now I'm going to hold out. I want more money. I want a different deal. I want this. I want that. We haven't really seen a holdouts in baseball, but, you know, we've seen it kind of overrun other team other sports. Mm. Basketball's overran by holdouts. I want to get traded to this team to play with these superstars. Mm. Football's always been a holdout thing. Yeah. We've seen that more and more each year. So all of a sudden, you know, can that come to, can that come to, to baseball? With these deals, I mean, yeah, and then you're on a team like the Mariners. Do we expect the Mariners to be putting the money up and, and contending every single year? We haven't seen it in the past. Yeah. It's hard to say it's going to happen. Stand with the Marlins. Eventually, it's time to go. You don't want to be on a terrible team. Right. And they don't want to keep paying somebody for a terrible. So it's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think I think it's good for the players now. It could be not great for the players later on. I think it could be good for the teams and it obviously could be destructive later on for teams. Oh, yeah. So, I, I just don't know. Obviously, we haven't really seen it play out yet. That's, yeah, it's... it's Other than maybe John Singleton and like that. You just, you just, it's... We haven't really seen it play out as much as we haven't seen the guys with the 100 miles per hour finish their careers yet. Mm. It hasn't worked out. Guys like Syndergaard and stuff, they're still not bad pitchers, but they, you know, they just don't have the, quite the, the stuff. Yeah. And they're pretty young yet. So it's like we haven't seen it play out really yet. But it's, it's, I think it's good. It's just, I don't know. It's hard to feel safe with that. Cause even if you win, you can lose. It's and almost it, like the better idea if you can give them four or five years and just give them a boatload of money, which we've seen with Trevor Bauer, which didn't work out. No. You know, we see, we see that doesn't work. That's everything that has its positives and negatives. Just when you get locked yourself in for 18, 14, 12, 10, 11, 15 years. That's hard to overcome. You lock mm. yourself in for two years, three years. You can kind of buy yourself out of that. Mm. Release some kind of work your way out of that. Right. 10, 12, 15 years. And it gets messy. Pujols, A-Rod. Yeah. And those are older guys. And those are guys with almost 700 home runs yeah. in their career. But yeah, they're and older it got messy guys. At the it end, made you sense know? you made it to get it there. But like these younger guys, I don't know. Then he becomes, Soto signs a big deal. Let's say he signs a 15-year deal. Mm. He's 30 years old, six, seven years from now. He's like, that. Look at the money these guys are getting. I need more money. And there's yeah. no opt-out. What does he do? Hold out? I want a new deal? You got six more years left in this deal. We're not going to pay you. Okay, I'm not showing up. But what happens? I don't know. It just seems like it's you're playing with you're playing with fire, but maybe the market doesn't do that, but the market every year goes up. Mm-hmm. Salary cap in other sports always increases because every year, prices, things just go up. Right. So it's just how it is. So I think it's good for the players for the idea that they can something can happen. It's like getting drafted. You go right to the team. Don't even worry about college. Go to the team. Because you can get hurt in college, you get nothing. You go to the team, at least you're with the team, you know, you get paid and yeah, professional right, right. medical staffs and stuff like that. That's this idea. You get a chance to take it in the long-term deal, you take it. Don't take the chance. Yeah, it's a thing. It's it's at the time, even though Julio Rodriguez is the, was it, the youngest 2020 player, the fastest 2020 player yeah. or something like that, you know. Um, you could bank months. on yourself yeah. and just say, you know what, I'm going to hold out and I'm going to get a, 40 million year deal or something in the future. God only knows what average <laughs> contracts will be in the future. Yeah. But, um, or you could say, you know what? I'm, I have the talent now. Let me get my money now. And if 
I keep playing the way I am, then I, we could renegotiate or this or that. But but they don't have to. Mm-hmm. No. Like his deal, yeah, he's got like the, the five year deal essentially, and you can opt out. Yeah, that's, that's still... not that's not too bad. Yeah. You know, you get it has just a normal deal, four or five years, and you can you know you get a new deal in your account. You know, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. But then you got ones like in other cases, like possibly Tatis, where it's just kind of fourteen years, mm-hmm. and there really isn't opt outs. So it's like, well, now you're just kind of stuck with them. So what am I going to renegotiate with you for? Or do you come terrible? Then what do I do? Like, what am I going to do? I'm stuck with you for 14 years. No yeah, one's taking that contract. I can release you, but what am I? I got to eat all that contract. That, that's taking up a lot of money. It's high risk for both sides because you take, as the team, you take on the risk of, well, is this player as advertised? Are they? Is this just a one-off guy here or is this the future of our franchise and then it's high risk for the player because then they say well i'll take this money now so that i can get my while i'm young i can get some of this money maybe invest it and start getting my you know my money rolling or if i bank on myself and i wait will that play out too because it's high risk there you're safe with your money you know you're making money but then you know yeah. Can you then, can it be to your detriment later, really? Yeah, Not mean, that making $20 million a year is, is, no, no, is going to harm anyone, but yeah, but if you are a $20 million guy and you could be a $40 million guy, yeah, all I of a sudden, think, it, you know. I think the opt-out way, if you're going to do it that way, four years and then they can opt-out. And then like another two years, you can opt-out. I don't think that you won't run into much problems there because they're probably going to opt-out if they're playing well because they're oh, going to yeah. be 26 years old, 27 years old, they're going to be getting big money again. Oh, yeah. And if they're playing well, forget so, it. Yeah, they can get the big money again. It's just the idea of the, if they are locked in, where do you get that hold out and, and renegotiating when you still have seven years left in your contract? Do you want to harm a relationship? Oh, they're not good. You know, I don't know. Then you want to trade them and you can't trade them. I don't know. Uh, you start running into that that problem and like I said, you know, if you sign for so many years, you're, you're safe. But, you know, you could be hurting yourself. Because look if, look if Soto would have signed a deal two years ago. He would have signed a 10-year deal, $150 million maybe. He's probably going to get a deal this offseason or next season for 10, 12 years, $400, $500 million. Oh, yeah. Look what he would have lost out on. Mm-hmm. But he would have been safer because he gets the money right away. But look what he would have lost out on. And if there's no opt-outs, then you're, you're kind of stuck. Yeah. So I think having opt-outs is big would make more sense. Or also, either way, you might want to just give them, hey, I'll give you three years, but I'll give you a shit ton of money. Yeah, I'll give you $50 million a year, you know? Yeah, I'll give you a Scherzer. Because I'll, I'll take the chance of two, three years. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not good for a year or two. I'm not locked in. Right. Because you're just not good. All of a sudden, you're paying Chris Davis six years of terrible, terrible baseball. Mm-hmm. What do you do? You just suck it up and pay a guy a bunch of money and, and just kind of losing money. And losing winning talent out of position, and losing your fans' interests and things like that. It's like, what? Or do you just defer it and now you get paying for the rest of life? Bobby Bonilla, Chris Davis, yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. People don't really know him, and he's getting still getting paid by the Reds. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you do that? So, yeah. I think it's a, it's a give or take. It's just we're in a spot where we haven't really seen it done before mm-hmm. at this young age. Who signed it when he was 28, 29 years old? They signed a 10-year deal. Yeah. Well, you get it. You're going to get five years of real good play, a year or two of okay play, and then you kind of have a struggle towards the end. Right. Or they retire, and you kind of, yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I already finished here. You but know? that's just how it did. We've seen it for 30, 50, 60 years of that way. Yeah. This is brand new. 
Yeah, it is a definitely a new trend you're seeing with the. And I just know the really the first one I remember really happening was John Singleton, and it did not work. Uh, yeah, I don't think he played more than two or three years. <laughs> I don't think he even really made it to the majors. Yeah, it must have he just might been... have played twenty games in the majors. Yeah, and then suspended. Never even played the minors much after that. And then you just look at the guys that at this point what it would have been Sanchez is one mm-hmm. that wouldn't have worked, and and and, and Trumbo kind of came up and was was pretty good there. Guys like that come up pretty quickly. And I'm sure there were conversations. I mean, even Trevor Story. Yeah. He came up and was unbelievable that year. And he would have got an unbelievable contract. He's a good player. He's an all-star player. But is he that, you know, where he would have got $500 million and he might have been second-guessing? And then you look at Tatis, you go, oh, boy. (laughs) You know, it's just. (laughs) He's making every bit of that deal look bad, you know. One year in. Yeah. Yeah. One year in. And if you would have not did that and you would have been like, well, you know what? See you later. I'll just take the money and give it to Soto. Now you have to pay both of them. See, see you just run into Yeah. So, it, it's just a, it's a gray area. We haven't seen, you know, the end of the line yet with that. Yeah. Some will, again, I, I compare it to the 100 mile per hour guys coming up. Michael Kopech, Syndergaard, guys like that. You, you haven't seen someone's career kind of play out that way. Mm-hmm. Other than a few guys, Randy Johnson, Nolan Ryan, you, you can't judge them guys. Yeah. The 100 mile per hour guys, though. Look at Kopech. He don't even throw nowhere near that. Really anymore. Syndergaard no. doesn't either. And their careers really haven't even got going yet. So it's like it's hard to, you know, kind of rely on that, pay for that, and then expect him to be the same pitcher even a while in, let alone two, three years from now. Yeah. So it's it's hard to, you know, it's a guessing game, but 18 years, 15 years, 16 years, ah, boy, that's tough. Yeah. That locks yourself in for a while. It sure is, yeah. Agreed. Instead of three, four, five years or the opt-outs or boatload of money now and, you know, things like that. I'm sure players, you know, they won't don't really like taking short deals, but if you're going to give them more money to take the short deal. It's something to consider. It's yeah, it's it makes more sense. Yeah, you're seeing these high risk contracts. Analytic guys for years have been saying avoid the big deals, avoid the big deals, avoid the big deals. If you're a team, obviously, if you're, if you're a player, but that's how you got to get you got to get a guy because yeah. someone's going to give him a big deal. Right. It's the idea of the Pujols thing with the Cardinals. Well, well we want to keep them, but you know, we're not going to give them the ten year deal. Yeah. You know, why would we give him a 10-year yeah, deal? Yeah, so we're not even going to be in the running. Someone's going to give him a 10-year deal. Yeah. No one does, then, you know, he comes back home for a sort of short deal. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, I, it's weird because you can never expect the full 10, 12 years of a deal to, to work out in your favor as a team. But um, if you're doing it at 22 years old, maybe you do. Yeah, uh, and that's, we'll have to wait the 10 years to see where that ends up because we can't say right now. Maybe Tatis all of a sudden comes back and has, you know, he'll never be in the same limelight, but maybe he has great playing seasons. You know, or he's never the same player. Yeah, or he just doesn't play, and, and that's a really rock, bad deal. Yeah, he's just rocking your 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 paycheck and your pockets every week, and you're like, "Yep, that's just take your money and throw it away." Yep. So it's like, where do you? It's tough. It, it's tough. It's 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 a gray area. It's we haven't seen it yet, and I don't know. I don't know where. It, again, it's good. I think opt outs and stuff like that would make more sense. Mm. And then, uh, if some of these teams, you can have you have to rebuild. And you can be, hey, we gotta get this money off our, out of our pockets here and trade him and let's rebuild. So let's not do that. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do it when you got a 15 year guy, and he wants to keep winning. Right. I don't know. And then, but it's safe for the players because they don't want to go into this free agency, which we've seen for a couple of years now, kind of be not great. Mm-hmm. Correa, just free agency kind of turned like, so not going into the free agency pool right now is not a bad idea either. But yes, yeah, so you have to pick and choose, you know. So but. I think the small couple of year deal, for a bunch of money. It's probably better for the players, for the most part, but for the teams, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Long term is definitely good for the players. More, you know, more success rate for the players. It's just, again, you could kind of hurt yourself at the end or middle of the deals, but I guess you worry about that later. Yeah. But a short deal, you get all the money now. You hurt, you help yourself now, and then you become a free agent. You get another big deal. It just seems like it's more. And keep it rolling, you're yeah. You're more in, in tune with the free agency market. Like, oh, look, prices are going up. Besides me getting $20 million this year, I can get 25 now. Yeah. You kind of keep yourself in tune, but you're getting smaller deals. You can kind of jump teams if you like it. Not that I'm a big fan of any of that. <laughs> but if you're a player, you could jump teams. Oh, that team's no good anymore. I'm going over here for three years. I'm going to go over here for two years. I'm going to go over here for a year. I'm going to go over here for three years. Like, you just kind of you jump around and just kind of pick your the right spot at the right time. Right. So, you know, it can work out, but it in most cases, it uh, it usually ends badly, you know, mm-hmm. for, for one of the sides. Go ask know? Trout if it's working out. Yeah. That's for true. Because that hasn't worked. Well, yeah. we'll build around you. That ain't working. He yeah. could go, just could have go sign somewhere if he wanted to. So it's, again, it's tough. We just haven't seen the end of the road yet. Not even once or twice really yet with these young deals getting it other than Singleton, and that didn't work. Right. So it's just hard. Yeah. It's I'd... something we're seeing. It's seeing all the time, every week. Michael Harris, Louis Rodriguez. Uh, we've seen Tatis last year. Wander Franco. Wander Franco. I mean, that's four in, in less than a year's time. Yeah. Even though Michael Harris was a little bit more conservative, it was more of a seven-year, seventy million dollars. That could hurt him. Yeah, in three mm-hmm. years. What if he's batting three thirties, thirty home runs, fifty stolen bases? He's a Gold Glove defender, mm-hmm. and he's making maybe ten million dollars. Well, that didn't work for him. <laughs> no. I mean, sure he made some money, but it ain't working out. He could have easily doubled it. He could yeah, make it forty million, four hundred million dollars for the year, and and thirty million a year. Yeah. So he kind of locked himself in, mm-hmm. but he's like, oh, at least I'm making good money. I'm on a team that I want to be on. So. It matters, especially also the player's personality. What is they? What are they there for? You're there for winning and playing good, or you're there for a little bit more for the money, and we went, hopefully we win later on. Like, mm-hmm. what are you exactly playing for, too? So, right. We'll see. Uh, what does it do to players when they get the big contracts? Some guys kind of just like, ah, eh, Pablo Sandoval, ah, eh, thanks for the money, I'll see you later. Yeah. Or some guys take it and be like, now you're paying me, I'm gonna even put even harder work in. Mm-hmm. That just depends on the person. So, yeah, it depends on the player. There's just so much to. Kind of, it is a case by case basis. Some work out, some don't, you know, or at least some you have a little bit more hope in. You know, Tatis, uh, I'm sure they had a lot of hope, but <laughs> yeah, well, the, already the injuries and the surgeries and then the PDs, and it's already not great. Yeah, I'm sure if they could if they could get rid of that, they might get rid of it. If there was like an opt out plan right now, they probably would opt out of and that. just give it to Soto. Incredible, yeah. that's how fast things turn with them. So. Oh, yeah, but just as a to wrap it up, John Singleton. <laughs> had 357 at bats in the majors and had a negative 0.9 WAR just as a to follow up on him <laughs> because that contract worked out for the Astros. Um, that was in the mix of oh we're gonna rebuild and, you know we're gonna we're sort of turn this thing around and they kind of started that trend and then that didn't work and it's like well yeah it was about uh, he last played two years before they won the World Series so he was primed and ready to help them out but oof he only batted 171. Yeah and then. Legal substance, PDs, and then never played baseball. Yeah, I don't even know where he went from there. He's yeah. probably still getting paid. Probably, yeah. But yeah, so, you know, with those deals, we'll have to wait 10 years to see <laughs> some of them. So, I don't know. We shall see. Now, let's do the wrap-up. The last piece of news that we have here, as always, is who's doing the best right now. So, the Dodgers no have the best record in the league at 88-38. and 38. They're 50 games above five hundred. Um, while the Mets have the second best record in the National League at 82 and 47, the Astros have the best record in the American League at 82 and 47, while the Yankees have the second best record 
in the AL at 78 and 50. The Dodgers on the best run differential at plus 285, while the Nationals on the worst at minus 216. So none of the teams change there. It's no. just uh, the Dodgers going for the record too. That run differential. I was going to say it's got to be uh, that's got to be it's close like plus to some three record. Six or something is the record. So. Yeah, it's like incredible. It's I was right there. I literally I I read it. And I was writing it down. I was like, this has got to be close to some record. They got to be pushing it because yeah, that's already, a lot. Yeah. So, but again, you play not. Let's be honest, the division's not good at all. No, you really just have the, uh, you really just got the Padres. And they have they're trying really their best. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but uh, yeah, some teams I got here that have been doing good. Uh, the Rays, Mariners, Braves, Phillies, Cardinals, and of course the Dodgers have all been playing good. Cardinals had a big series against the Braves. Took two or three at home. Uh, they've been playing really good. Uh, really good baseball. Uh, some cold teams: the Red Sox, White Sox just got swept at home from Arizona. Uh, the Marlins been cold. Pirates and Giants. Giants kind of fell out of out of chance out there for the playoffs at this point. They're like yeah. seven out of the ball card. But uh, yeah, those are some teams I got. Um, you know, on hot and cold list or teams to look look at for over the last seven to ten days. Yeah, uh, White Sox. I just don't even know what to think at this point. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I know Frank and I saw a stat. I don't know if maybe anyone caught it on Twitter or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That the White Sox. Uh, 500 life. 500. First half, second half, obviously first half this year, and 500 as a lifetime franchise yeah, since, like, 1909 yeah, or something. It's, yeah, it's, Phillies had something like that go for, for recently, too. But it was like, yeah, 500 over the last 10, 500 over the last 20, 500 over the last half of the year, 500 now, 500 last year, 500 this year, 500 since the rest of time. It's, like, incredible. I yeah. couldn't believe I was, like, reading it. I was like, how do you, all this time, 113 years later or whatever. They haven't won a bunch. Mm-mm. Like the Phillies, I think they're a thousand games under five hundred. Yeah. And they had some obviously Philadelphia A's, they were really good at times when they mm. also if they weren't really good, they were like bad, bad like twenty wins. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had some bad actual Philly teams. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like before Mike Schmidt and then after Mike Schmidt and you know, they had some bad, bad teams. Yeah, and, and just then, some years ago they were the worst team in baseball. And then they had some good teams. Mm-hmm. So it's like eh, to be a thousand games under is pretty hard to do. Especially when you won a couple times. If yeah. the White Sox to be five hundred, you go, but they had to win a decent amount. They haven't really won much. No. But yeah, I don't know what's going on with the White Sox. It's yeah, they're be, just uh, keep raising my they eyebrow. They don't want to play for La Russa, I guess. And I you know, I, I, whatever they want to do there, I and that's what it's coming down to. Is he's a Hall of manager. He, last year, look what he did with him. Mm-hmm. I think they stuck with him, at least for the most part. They wanted to play at least a little bit for him, and they were good. Mm-hmm. And then this year, they just didn't want to. They have a lot of injuries, some bad luck. So I think that's played into it. But they, they just don't want to play for him. Yeah, I think it's just best for both parties to just kind of go separate ways at this point. Sure. Nothing against La Russa or the White Sox. Just, it's just not working. You know, is what it is. Uh, so let's move on to the who's hot and who's not section of the week, the hot and cold players. Um, so your players of the week, as I usually like to know, are Nathaniel Lowe, who I think won it last week or fairly recently, too. He's just been on an absolute hot streak. Yeah. Um, and Mookie Betts won it in the NL. I don't have Mookie Betts' numbers, but I just wanted to make note that he did obviously he win it like in the 460, NL. 460, I think, with like five home runs or something. Yeah, crazy. it was something. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. So, But your hot and cold players of the week are, number one, Corey Dickerson. Yeah. Batted 542 over the last week with a 750 slugging and a 1292 OPS. Why he didn't win Player of the Week, I don't know. By the way, he was 10 for 10 at one point. Yep. I, don't, I don't know if that extended past 10 for 10, but he nope, was. 10 for 10, the record's 12 for 12, yeah, by the way. So, just as a heads up there with him. And a game-tying hit. Yeah. For Saturday. Saturday's That's game. right, yeah. He hit the chopper up the middle for the game-tying hit. Yeah. Yep, so he's been just on an absolute tear, so good for him. Uh, number two, as we previously mentioned, uh, Michael Harris. Batted 474 over the last week with a 684 slugging and a 1229 OPS. 
Uh, number three, Trey Turner batted 450 over the last week with a 550 slugging and an 1110 OPS. Number four, player of the week, Nathaniel Lau, uh, batted 455 over the last week with a 1091 slugging and a 1569 OPS. Uh, and number five, uh, surprisingly on the list after having <laughs> quite a few rough years, Christian Yelich. Batted 455 over last week, the 727 slugging, and a 1205 OPS. So, yeah, pretty much go those guys. You know, Riley Green playing well. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the prospects there for the Tigers. Yeah, he'll get a big deal too. <laughs> yeah, and Low yeah. uh, or Lau, whatever you want to say, there with the Rangers, he was one of the higher prospects too coming up through, I believe, the Rays system at one point. They had both. Oh Lowe, yeah, right. That's Brent right. Low and then Nathaniel Lau, whatever they. Call they have Josh Lau now or yeah, Josh Low. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah, the Lowe's, Lowe's incorporated over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I got mostly the same guys here. Yelich, Corey Dickerson, guy like that. Yeah. Um, some pitchers doing good. Domingo Herman has been pitching good over his last few outings. Yeah. Um, Aaron Nola having a great year. Complete game shutout recently and high up on the strikeouts list. Yeah. Um, Robbie Ray been pitching good ever since his kind of two months or so of struggle start mm-hmm. of the year. Sandy Alcantara, fight the demons. Nine innings, one run, ten strikeouts against the Dodgers. His last three outings says he's been absolutely – probably raised his career average year right by like – 15 points. Just the Dodgers. Just by the Dodgers, yeah. And then uh, Felix Batista, pitching great for the time, uh, for the Orioles. I believe he pitched five innings, squirrel innings recently, over the last week or so with them, and a couple saves. So Something's going on um, in Baltimore. <laughs> I believe Baltimore took, what, two? Two or three from Houston, or, or three or four from Houston so, yeah, recently? They, yeah, they beat him pretty good. Yeah, so... Surprised. Uh, yeah, that's what's going on in the world. So, yeah, but those are some pitchers I got that have been really doing good. Yeah, and uh, to flip that on its head and go to the cold players of the week, there's been quite a few of them. Uh, so number one I have here is Francisco Lindor. Batted zero over the last week with a zero slugging and a 227 OPS, 0 for his last 17. Number two, P.J. Higgins. Batted 059 over the last week with an 059 slugging and a 170 OPS. What team does he play for? I have no idea. Do you even know who he is? I don't know why I just feel like the Phillies is is ringing a bell. I don't even know. Diamondbacks, who he is. PJ Higgins. I don't uh, know. Pittsburgh probably. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, so I'm just. I don't even know who he is. To be honest with you. No, I didn't. I, I. You know, it's funny when I get names like this. I mean, I mean to write them down because I'm like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> but you could tell me he played in the 20s. You could tell me he played in the 50s. You could yeah. tell me he's playing right now. I don't know who. That's PJ Higgins. I'll try. Oh yeah, sure. I know. <laughs> I pockets Johnson. Yeah, knows. you know what it is. So he was number two. Uh, number three, I've Cal Raleigh. Batted uh, zero over last week with a zero slugging and a 111 OPS over his last 16. Uh, number four, rare to the list, TJ LeMahieu. Batted 063 over the last week with an 063 slugging and 181 OPS. And number five, uh, ironically enough, Julio Rodriguez. Batted 087 over last week with a 348 slugging and a 508 OPS. I listed him last because his OPS and slugging was fairly high for an 087 average. Well, deal's not working. Yeah, <laughs> back it up. Opt out. <laughs> so, some guys I got here, Luis Arias, the AL batting le- leader. He's been cold over his last seven to ten days. I think he's dropped his average to about 320 on the year. It's like, ooh. So, uh, uh, we have Josh Naylor, who's just a maniac. He's been cold of late. In the truest sense. Yeah. And uh, Brennan Rogers for the Rockies. Actually, having a really good year out there, but he's been cold of late as well. Um, some pitchers, James Caprillion, not pitching well. Corbin Burns over his last couple starts. I think he's got a year right over five at this point. He's pitching tonight, so we'll mm. see what he can do. Jose Urena, absolutely getting demolished out there. I think he's pitching for Colorado at this point. Yeah. Um, Josh Hader's terrible. Josh Hader's the worst, oh worst pitcher in baseball since, what, June? Yeah, I don't know what happened. 16 and a half year, right? He's got the yips. Doesn't throw strikes. He hasn't been walking He hasn't been walking in over an abundance of people, but walks have been up. Mm-hmm. He's not missing any barrels. 
No one swings miss on him. And he's not even close to hitting spots. He just doesn't hit spots at all. But just no one's missing any of his stuff. It's like he's just throwing He's right there. It's like a pitch machine. Absolutely terrible. I don't know what happened. Like he's... This is one of the worst kind of pitching displays I've seen out of a pitcher in a long time. Especially of his caliber. Yeah, this know? is like... I, I don't even know what you can really compare it to. I, I don't know. I can't remember someone coming out of the bullpen and getting absolutely demolished. Like your best outing is giving up three runs. Yeah. Um, in, in an inning, an inning out, an out or two, you give six, six, six hundred runs to the Royals. You know, it's just not good. I think in one out, right? You know, yeah. You didn't... One game you get three runs, then get an out. One game you got one out, get three runs. The other game you think you finished an inning, you gave up two runs. Sometimes it's walks. The one game you walk three guys, but he's just not getting any swings and misses. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if his RPMs down. You know, the revolutions on his ball. If he's if there's less velocity, I, see, I, I don't. I can't even see how you could tip pitches and someone could just not swing and miss. They're not yeah. swinging and missing at all. Like, I think he's at like one. It's, like he's just not swinging and missing. So you can even tell him like his fastball, and people would still miss it. He's just not. There's something not right. Um, and he's been bad, 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 bad. Like bad. I don't. I don't even know. Worse than Farnsworth. Worse than Ronald Belsario for White Sox. In the oh, my end. God. Worse yeah. than Valverde at the end of his career. I mean, I don't even know what you can compare. Pravano with the Yankees. Chiming Wong after his injury. I mean, what's his name for the Cardinals? Had <laughs> the yips. Rick <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I don't know what... He's... And he's probably worse than him. This is uh, this bad. Is, this is bad. He did one run in 30 innings. And then now he's got... He can't get an out. Well, I'll give it up seven runs. Making that uh, Brewers deal look better and better, you know? Yeah, and Rodgers, he was struggling a little bit. He's been getting going over his last, think, seven or eight innings. He hasn't given up a run. you got to figure he's better than what Hater's doing, no matter yeah, what, yeah. you know? Just don't show up. <laughs> yeah. Literally, just don't show up, you're doing better. Yeah. Uh, Hater, at this point, just just get up. Just go, go, hey, go home. You have to send him down. I don't know. you, you got to do something. I don't, yeah. I don't know what you do with him. And you're losing, you're kind of slipping the playoff spot. Yeah, you okay. can't keep rolling them out there and basically give up the lead every time, even if you have a six-run lead at this point. It's, it's not a, safe. Even it's the third inning, you can't pitch them. Mm-hmm. And they're not even going to pitch them, but they're losing, they're losing grip on the, on the playoff spot. They're yeah. like two games, three games up on that now. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened to them. So, but other than Hayter, the last one I got here was Logan Webb. He's had a bad start or two here recently. But otherwise, yeah, that, that was the cold pitchers I had. You know, next thing I got some injuries. I wouldn't say it's the worst week we've seen, but obviously it could be better. Uh, Cortez plays in the IL. I think that was more of a phantom groin issue. Lower the innings for Cortez. Kind of rest up. I think that's what that was. Rollers Chapman, infection on his leg after a tattoo. Placed on the IL. One, not sure why you're getting a tattoo in the middle of the season. Especially since you were hurt. You could have got then. Two, you really, you got millions and millions and millions of dollars. You can't find a place that's, you know, maybe a little bit cleaner. Then you don't get sick. So, we'll see what happens there. Granke placed on the IL again. Buxton. You know, find his home on the IL. That's what he does. Uh, Yan Mankata for the White Sox, of course. Michael Kopak for the White Sox, of course, on the IL. Verlin leaves a start after three innings with a calf issue going to the MRI. Could be a big problem because that's pretty... I know the Astros have pretty good pitching, but they keep talking, oh, well, if game one, you know, you face Verlander, you lose, and then Verlander again later in the series, you get two wins already. Their pitching just has to find two wins. We know Verlander, the Astros pitching is not quite the same. Not quite that good at all. So, yeah, it's good, but is it dependable? Without Verlander, a little bit more, you know, without Verlander, it's not dependable. Yeah, it's With tough. Verlander, you go, okay, we're a little bit more dependable. Right. He wins you two games of the series. You just got to find two more wins out of somebody. He's, you got him. You got to find four wins out of, you know, your Quiddy and McCullers coming back from injury. and you Christian know, Javier. Yeah. And Vasquez, they've been good. Mm-hmm. Valdez, but, like, do you really feel comfortable with them yet? Not really. And their bullpen's not that great yet. Yeah. 
And Presley's out, I believe, right? Isn't he still yeah, hurt? he's been on and off hurt. Yeah. And then Montero's been on and off being good. So, yeah. we'll see. Zach Wheeler replacing the IL. They said it was, you know, it was a forearm, which is really scary, but they said it was pretty much nothing, just kind of maybe a little bit of dead arm, just get him back ready to go for the last 30 games or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Gosselin on the IL with a forearm as well. This could be something to look at, but again, he's also got 129 innings already this year, which mm-hmm. he's never had before. But then again, he also could be losing any chance he had at the Cy Young. Mm-hmm. Only having 129 innings at this point, and they're going to miss some starts. So we'll see what happens there. I don't yep. think he's going to get it. Sandy Alcantara's is Cy Young. I don't think he's going to Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Evan Longoria banged up. So that's, you know, Giants needing guys, and he's been doing all right, but he's not going to be pitch, you know playing for, for a little while, possibly. So Right. Um, on the good side of things, Glass now is closing in on coming back. Which is be good for the eight uh, for the Rays, I should say. Clay Holmes activated tonight for the Yankees. Pineda close to coming back for Tigers, even though they're not in the hunt or anything. Acuna's day to day every day. Every day. Um, he's supposed to be back tomorrow, but every single day he's day to day. Misses games, leaves game early, his comebacks the next day. He's not ready. He's day to day, day to day. You know, if you're in fantasy, it's literally DTT, DTD every yep. single day, day to day, every single day, every single day. It's pretty incredible, actually. Uh, yeah, it's it's incredible. Yeah. He's definitely been day-to-day more than he's ever not been day-to-day. Absolutely. In his fantasy Yeah. Uh, Drew Smith should be coming back for the Mets in some sort of you know, near future here. Mackenzie Gore expects to pitch again this year for the Nationals. Bryce Harper's back for the Phillies, so that's great. Kershaw should be back for the Dodgers soon. The big blow here, Walker Bueller, he had the elbow surgery. They did go in there and find out what was wrong. It mm. was simple. And he's Tommy John. Yep. So he's done this year, and he's probably going to be done next year. Maybe a chance of coming back at the end of the year, some bullpen, whatever they might do here with Glass now kind of idea. Yeah. Um, Darvish coming back here should be activated, or it was activated recently, and Colome was activated. So there's the injury side of things. Like I said, it could be better, but it wasn't the worst thing in the world, in all you know, in all yep. honesty. But that's just how it is. And some of these injuries, especially with pitchers, you know, that could be it for the year at this point. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, and the other one here, actually, last one I should say, I forgot to put him, but I just thought of it, was uh, Flaherty for the Cardinals is uh, one more rehab start, and he'll be back with the Cardinals. And that could be, with a team playing great baseball, that could be just one of the things they're missing is some pitching, and there could be the absolute missing piece to a team that can go as far as they want to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. You get him back. Jesus. Yeah. So, but that's that's all I got there injury-wise. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, again, as we've been saying for weeks, you know, this is uh, getting to the point where if you get a, a pretty rough injury, it's really pressing on playoff time. Or any you know? pitcher injury. Oh, yeah. And then you got rehab. Minor league seasons are coming to an end earlier. Than, so it's like, well, you, you know, you kind of run out of time to get back ready to go. Yeah, it's tough. And you're going to throw them back into the, what, a pennant race? Yeah. Or a wild card game? Yeah, throwing them right into the fire. So, you know, you start running that risk. But uh, otherwise, the last thing I got is the trivia question. I know we did a lot of talking of contracts here, so <clears throat> which player has signed the longest contract in MLB history? Not including opt-ins and opt-outs and team options and player options. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, just guaranteed money. Just like I signed this, this is the amount of years I'm going to be here. So mm. which player has signed the longest contract in MLB history? And mentioned it earlier, Fernando Tatis Jr. signed a 14-year, $340 million deal. That is the longest deal signed without the options and stuff. He signed that in 2021. Obviously, has not worked. But Julio Rodriguez, his deal could be up to 18 years, $470 million, if with the options and the opt-outs and, the, and hitting the clauses of this deal. So, But 
the one longest that he actually signed that you're getting is Tatis at 14 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot Tatis got 14. Uh, yeah, we've seen uh, I mean, gets 12. Yeah, we've seen 10, 11, 12. Stanton get 10. You know, we've seen Abraham get 10 twice. Yeah. But uh, and then you've got options after that that can extend deals and all yeah, kinds of stuff. But, but 14, 14 I, it's like a hockey contract, really, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's not worked. I don't even know when he signed that exactly, 2020. I'm pretty sure it was like mid-year. And then the Padres went oh, absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he got playing not good and, you know, Machado yelling at him for, you know, being essentially a baby. Padres, you know, fired coaches and didn't look good. He gets off-season accidents, multiple, breaks his wrist, kind of hides it. I don't know what he did with that. Kind of beats around the bush, telling people what happened there. Finally, on the verge of coming back, PEDs. I mean, you can't. You literally couldn't be any worse. After him putting his his name on the on the line there. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so, um, fourteen years, uh, maybe too long. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, then excuses he's had. He keeps that with it. It's terrible. Just, just you cheated and just just move on with your life. Yeah, because you cheated. And that's what you do. Maybe you go play with the Astros. Maybe it'll right. Yeah. Well, the Red Sox too. Everyone forgets about them. <laughs> yeah. So. But uh, anyway, that's that's all I have. Um, college football started this past week. Week zero, they called it because not everybody played. Obviously, it was kind of like a half. All the teams play this week. You know, the big teams. So, you know, that's that's starting footballs next week. Uh, racing. It's coming to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Basketball, and hockey are becoming here soon. Uh, golf, I believe, is in their playoffs. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff going on, and then baseball's coming down to obviously, you know, the pennant races and the wild card and then the, pl- the playoffs, which is going to be absolutely nuts. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we're a great spot for sports here. Um, weather be turning from the you know dog days and real hot to you know fall weather and the leaves leaves will be changing. So it's a great time of year. Yeah, by the time this goes up, it'll be the last day of August, and we'll be looking at the fall all of a sudden. We'll be staring at uh, back-to-school stuff and football. and me. No, not for us. But, I ain't going back to school. Um, but, you know, it's changing <laughs> the season, so we got a lot of different sports stuff going on. Oh, football, yeah, football's coming. It's a very exciting time, football. Yeah, yeah, that definitely gets uh, most of America fired up for, for yeah. sports again. Fantasy football. football's coming for, yeah. for, for our league here. Yep. We're taking that, and... Uh, yeah, yeah, so there's a lot, lot coming. A lot going on, yeah. And baseball's in, in the midst of the excitement on, on different terms. It's coming to the end. Mm-hmm. The playoffs and excitement. Well, the other seasons are starting. When that has had its own excitement. Yeah, it's kind of like when um, when hockey and basketball come to the end of theirs and baseball's just firing up. Kind of like a similar yeah, case. You it's kind of, yeah, it's starting to get into the, the height of its own season. Yeah. It all kind of lines up. Yeah, it's always works out pretty good. So, yeah, that that's that's all I got for this week. Um Stuff to look forward to once we uh, start getting into the real, uh, real, real division races and, and wild card races. The wild card's going to be exciting because there's three teams in each each league. So um, we'll be coming back in the coming weeks with stuff like that. So, uh, but yeah, that's all I got. I don't know if you have anything final or anything else. Nope, that's it. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. You can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website, screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeLapree. You can follow me on Instagram at MikeLapree. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at FDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.